the Ghost Goal Podcast. Vamos, vamos, Argentina, vamos, vamos a ganar, porque esta barra de buceros no nos deja, no nos deja ganar. ¡Argentina! I did, we did it, Alex. The whole World Cup, you know, I've been saying Argentina was going to win. I, you know, I, from the beginning, I've had such great faith in this team and Lionel Messi. And, you know, Argentina did it. They won the World Cup. Lionel Messi is the undisputed GOAT. No one can say anything. Just You'll be eternal hearing from my happiness. attorney very shortly. Eternal happiness. <laughs> Argentina did it, Alex. South America is the greatest. Brazil and Argentina, number one and two uh, FIFA ranked teams. Everything is amazing now. You know, couldn't have had a greater result. Right, Alex? Welcome to the Ghost Gold Podcast, episode 388, uh, our World Cup final recap and uh you know i'm not even mad i, I, I just had to get it out Alex. Let, i just had I just to get it you out go. of there you know right get it out Th- of the there's way there's a reason why i let you go and it's because these two teams argentina and france they gave us the best world cup i've ever but world cup final game i've ever seen in my lifetime 3-3 high scoring we had a comeback from 2-0 down by france that came seemingly out of nowhere we had Messi scoring a brace, including the possible winner in extra time, followed by Mbappe, you know, bettering him I individually by scoring two. a hat I trick. I almost got the 3-2 Argentina prediction right, and then fucking Mbappe has to uh, just ice cold in his veins, beating Martinez twice, the best keeper of the tournament at penalties. Or We're, we're almost two minutes in, but we should introduce ourselves. I know oh, I did God, the, the, the just, pod uh, exciting, number, Alex. but... I'm Alex. Uh, that very pro-Argentina Peruvian you're hearing is uh, yeah, we don't mind Javier the uh, Okay, yeah. They well. did it for South America. Fuck them. They didn't do it for Argentina. They did it for Lionel Messi. I mean, Stock- Stockholm Syndrome, or I guess Stockholm Syndrome isn't the thing. That's for when you're ailing and someone uh, recovers you. But whatever the syndrome is for, you know, falling in love with the person that has, you know, bullied you and kept you down for so long. I, I can't remember what it is. Uh, but you got you you surely have it because uh, you you would never see me rooting so hard for even the biggest European teams uh, like that. I would not be on here singing uh, the French national anthem as as exciting and amazing as that anthem is. Once upon a time, they broke my heart. But when Thierry Henry handballed uh, a, a goal that put France through the 2010 World Cup over Ireland, uh, so we have a lot of baggage with more, seemingly uh, every big team in Europe mindset alex in south america we we enjoy it's like africa as well and you know how they got behind everyone got behind morocco uh you know africa and the the arab world it's the same with south america i mean the teams they all kind of root for each other in the tournament because it's it's such a grueling experience to go through qualification through south america that all these teams ultimately they they want each other to succeed i mean obviously if they have to play each other they're going to play their best and try to win but it's you know, there isn't that much, only only five five possible teams from uh, 32 were from South America, and for one to win the World Cup is always uh, a joy for the whole continent. You know, everyone was celebrating, not only because, not like for Argentina specifically, but everyone was, was celebrating for Messi. for Messi, because, you know, the, there was this just weight, you know, that everyone knows is finally lifted off his shoulders, which was just the, the only trophy he hadn't won yet. The only thing that was left in his career to cement his status as the greatest player to ever play the game was 
winning a World Cup and leading his team to the World Cup, being the best player in the team, being the best player in the tournament, you know, having the most goal involvements, even though Mbappe won Golden Boot. You know, Messi had beautiful assists, beautiful, beautiful assists. The, 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 the best one has to be the one against uh, Croatia where he just put Guardiola on skates and then got to the byline and, and cut it back for Alvarez. But just so many memorable... Uh, maybe that maybe that ball he played oh, the, through the, the amazing uh, through ball, yeah, that against he played. Holland. That was amazing too. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, just was, like... was good. You, you know, for him to have memorable assists, memorable goals, um, you know, scoring a brace in the in the final to... to get his team, you know, scoring his penalty, the first one. Yeah, that's how you do it, by the way. You put your best penalty taker as the first penalty, and you you, you get the team going. I don't know why some of these penalty takers, like Neymar was, like, the last for Brazil and, like, didn't even get to take a penalty because it was already over at that point. But just, you know, I think for Argentina, it was a team that started off the tournament incredibly bad, much like Spain in the last one, right? They lost the first game in 2010. I'm sorry. But when Spain lost, you know, won their World Cup, even though it was, I think, in a much more, you know, glamorous and they played much better football than what this Argentina team played. For Argentina, you know, they kind of, I think, got pretty lucky with the draws and the knockout rounds. They took advantage of it, you know, took the lead every single one of those games, you know, gave up the lead, but ultimately were able to just grind their way through penalty shootouts and you know comebacks stopping last minute I mean that save in the last minute Martinez right by Emmy Martinez that was almost another Otamendi just we gotta talk about Otamendi man because when they were up 2-0 I was thinking to myself if they take off Otamendi and put on Martinez right now they're gonna win this game but he fucking keeps on Otamendi and this guy comes in clatters in for that penalty to get uh, France back into the game. Just stupid, stupid tackle. It's not the first time he's done it in the tournament. And it almost cost Argentina the World Cup. You know, if they had somehow lost this, ultimately would have been killed. Like, that's how, like, serious what his he's done to, in this World Cup. Because the man... Yeah, that's the man, not even a joke. The man, <laughs> every single round, he tried to throw the games for Argentina. Like, it... He played well in the moment, but he always had a horrible error. And I guess that just comes with age. There's a reason Manchester City let him go now, you know, three or four years ago. You know, he's still a pretty good player when he gets time on the ball. He can still pick out a pass. And, you know, he's still always been pretty good in the air, despite not being the tallest center back. But he just has so many errors in him now. He always had the errors in his game at City as well. But now they've just become so often, so common and that probably also comes with having to play a game every three or four days. You know, I don't think at, at his age, you know, you're used to you can play that, keep up that pace anymore. So the the errors came in the later rounds and almost cost Argentina. And for me, like this Argentina team got very, very lucky, lucky to win this World Cup because, you know, they, they threw so many times. Australia, you got to think back on that game. You know, Australia had four or five pretty good chances, I would say. To, to get an equalizer, even at the depth, they go into extra time. You know, Australia would have been going in with the momentum. Who knows what would have happened in that game. Then in the, the Dutch game, Argentina up 2-0, cruising in the first half. But but you always thought, like, you know, well, after what happened with Australia, the Dutch could get back into it. As soon as the Dutch got a first goal, they almost got the goal, second goal right after. And then, again, Emi Martinez had to come up huge to, to keep them, you know, level through extra time again on penalties and he was he was massive in in that game. You got to say the Croatia game, you know, 
it was a good performance. That was probably their best game of the tournament. They kept a clean sheet. You know, they made a, a good Croatia side who I think just didn't really show up much on the day. You know, they were I thought they were super disappointing. They they just didn't look like they had the legs for it. You know, they're they're they were an older side and it kind of they kind of ran out of steam. It felt like at that point Argentina had all the fans behind them and, and didn't run out of steam in that game. Um, I say that was that was Argentina's best performance, and for me, that's going to be like the most memorable. Of course, the final is super memorable, but that's going to be their best performance for me for Argentina. Um, but the final, I mean, I I was, you know, I, they played super well in the first half. France were just awful, though. France were pathetic. I mean, to the point where Deschamps made changes in the 40th minute. He brought off Olivier Giroud, brought off uh, Usman Dembele, who made the mistake, who didn't track back at gave all away the penalty, for the entire, yeah. gave away the penalty, and then made didn't track back for the second goal. Just stood there thinking like, "Oh, I'm 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 a luxury player. I don't have to run back in a World Cup final." I mean, to shop pulling him and Giroud off, Giroud, you got to think. I don't know why he pulled him off. You, I mean, did you like that move? Well, so it was because uh, I think a day or two uh, before. There were oh, a lot yeah, of reports injured, that Giroud was going to be a doubt through an, a knee injury that he picked up in training. I think they they try they put him out there because I'm sure he was telling them, "I'm fine, I'm fine, I can play." It's it's a World Cup but final. Every player is going to do that. He was just letting Argentina have yeah. the ball. It was it was and such he, a comical. He barely presses when he's healthy. Yeah. So it was like yeah, a, they had zero ability to win it the was ball a back. Comical press and the midfield from was France in the first the, half, like. Argentina were up 2-0 and just passing it around, and it looked like they were just going to walk their way to the World Cup title. You know, France did nothing. No shots from France. There was no threat on goal. It was honestly... Not until after the 70th minute, I think yeah, it was. It was honestly one of the most pathetic halves of football. And the this French team randomly has these halves of football in them. We've seen it before. It's why we weren't, like, praising France that much, thinking that they could, you know, take this World Cup title at the beginning of the tournament because they had... You know, some well, sketchy let's results. Be a little, let's sometimes. be a little fair to France here. Two player, one. They I'll had just a lot of key players who yeah, is so right. pivotal to them winning the ball back consistently is N'Golo Kante, and of course he's missing from this tournament. So is his usual partner Paul Pogba. Though I'm not sure Pogba would be starting over Chouameni at the moment. Chouameni is you know Definitely probably not. surpassed him at this point. Um, no, Karim Benzema, the reigning Ballon d'Or winner up top. I mean. They, they looked a lot of times better with Giroud uh, instead of Benzema in this tournament, but you can't tell me they wouldn't would have rather brought on Karim Benzema over uh, Toko Muani or Kolo Muani. I can't remember his name. I think it's Toko Muani, right? The guy who missed the chance right at Kolo the end. Mula- that, uh, Kolo Emi- Muani. Kolo Muani, yeah. Um, yeah, like Benzema would be would bolster that bench and you know maybe even start a couple games and. That's a Ballon d'Or winning player with a ton of experience who just you know pushed a Real Madrid team to winning another knockout tournament in the Champions League last season. So you know, and then Lucas Hernandez, their starting left back, and Teo Hernandez's older brother, uh, he was in that last France team that won the World Cup. They're missing key players, and the, the most notable ones are in midfield. And like a player like Adrian Rabio, even though he played well against teams like Australia, scoring the goal that made it 1-1 in that game, first game of the tournament. He he was invisible in this game, and it felt like Shuameni was just on an island by himself against the entire Argentine midfield. I don't understand midfield, how he stayed on the pitch the defense like, suffered. so long. Deschamps kept him on the pitch. Yeah, me he too. He was so useless. I, like, I'm assuming the Giroud substitution was because of that injury, and Deschamps had just seen enough and thought, all right, I need to do something. He's It's not working for Giroud. 
I thought he maybe would have taken off Giroud and then and then kept Dembele on there to you know give him a second chance and then take off Rabiot. But uh, I don't think he took off Rabiot until like right at the end of the second half, maybe even an extra time. So it's uh, and that was for Fafana, the, uh, the the Monaco player who played the semi final and looked decent. So, yeah, it's a lot of almost, and I, well, for France, I mean, uh, for from their point of view, it's a final that they very much could have won if they, you know, showed up even just a little bit more for the first 70 minutes. But they almost did it by showing up for the last, like, 20 minutes. And I, I got to say, obviously, the day is all about Lionel Messi. I think you've said... You said all that needs to be said about Messi, uh, mainly that he's cemented his status. Some would argue he cemented it before that game, but I think it's completely undisputable at this point. Like you can't make an argument anymore. But on the day, that performance from Kylian Mbappe was lethal. Like that's what made the combination of those two showing up and literally neither of them Neither of them blinked the entire time. Like uh, Messi took two penalties in uh, in the game, one for the first goal and then one in the shootout. He scored both of them. Mbappe took three, the 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 first and third goal. The third goal, which was right at the end of the of uh, the second period of extra time, incredible when, pressure. We've seen we saw players so like Harry Kane miss that. that miss, miss and he's, and he's right, exactly. I was going to mention that. Like we've seen that pressure get to a player like Harry Kane, who's you know very experienced. Uh, and that was on Harry Kane's second penalty. Emmy Martinez, who is the best uh, goalkeeper at stopping penalties in world football at the moment. I don't think that can be uh, argued uh, as well. Mbappe had three shots on, on really crunch important penalties uh, against Levakovic him, and he buried all of them. Maybe, but, you know, Emmy Martinez has the trophy, and he has more shootout wins in this tournament than Livakovic does, so... The last World Cup was Subasic. It wasn't even Livakovic. Should so. we talk about Martinez? Because uh, uh, which one? There's a lot of them. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Emmy Martinez because Emmy would. Well, well, do you want to maybe save that for? Uh, we're going to do a team of the tournament thing uh, in a minute here. I'm sure, sure he'll be in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I just want to get back to that combination of both Messi and Mbappe. You know the. The the king sitting on his throne, sealing his place at the top of world football and the top of the conversation of who the best player of all time is, and then the heir apparent showing up and maybe even having a better performance. Like, I can't think of a moment... Well, actually, that's not fair. Mbappe was very invisible he for the first didn't 70 do minutes. Anything for the first 70 minutes. And then yeah. came to life. Absolutely. Came to came life to after life that. When, when France needed him the most, and he was put in... An, a generational talent performance. But Mbappe didn't have a moment in that game like Messi did when Kingsley Coman comes from behind, pushes him off the ball, wins it back, plays it forward, and France get the equalizer for 2-2. Like, I'm just saying that. Like, I'm just saying there's, there's a moment there where Messi made one mistake that, you know, was a pretty big, ended up being a pretty big one. Uh, and Mbappe literally made zero mistakes the whole game. He just struggled to get involved because his whole team couldn't string two passes together and get out of their own half. So I think it's it's a really interesting final for that reason. And I'm not trying to criticize Messi for that. Obviously he, you know, scored a brace and scored his penalty in, in extra time. It's like a it's like getting a ninety eight percent instead of a hundred percent 
he he walks away with the trophy because his keeper can stop penalties and Mbappe has Hugo Lloris. So just really impressed well, by, by both of those players. Yeah, I mean, Mbappe was incredible. You, you got to say, you know, the whole Mbappe versus Holland conversation, who's the, who's the best striker in the world? You know, Mbappe right now, I think he's he's taking it, you know, because Holland's not at the tournament. We didn't get to see. Well, yeah, you say that, but it's not really fair. Holland plays for Norway. Yeah, you know? it's fair. We'll but, see if they uh, can get to future tournaments. But, but I mean, it, that's it's tough in like, Europe, man. That's always going to be something that's, uh, you know, if Holland can't lead his team, you know, deep into it, I'm sure he's going to go to World Cups. Odegaard and Holland. Yeah, well, maybe European qualifying can be ruthless, man. Like, it's, it's no joke. I know you like to shit on, you know, the Faroe Islands and stuff, but... The point is, there's a lot of really good teams, and there's very few spots for Europe, and they're not getting. Europe isn't getting more spots. It's going to be Africa and uh, probably Concacaf that get more spots at World Cups when it expands. So we'll see. But there's been plenty of players who are generational talents who just come from smaller countries. Think of Tim Weah's dad, George Weah. When he retired, he was considered one of the greatest players of all time. But he played for, his national team was Liberia, so he never got a chance at even sniffing a world cup you got george best for northern ireland but the 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 idea that uh mbappe at this point who's never won the champions league and never won the ballon d'or while messi had already had i think three ballon d'ors three champions leagues by this age yeah sure mbappe won a world cup he wasn't. He wasn't even in the top three or four players at that World Cup. So you can't say he. He was part of okay, it. Okay, come on. He wasn't. He was. Of, he scored in the final. He scored a brace against this Argentina team in the round of sixteen. He was very much a part of it. No, he was. He, he was scored a against part you of it. guys. He was a part of it. He scored against you guys. Yeah, he scored against us <laughs> in the group stage. Ugh. You remember that? I'm sure you're trying to make out like he wasn't one of the best players at the tournament. He's the only teenager since Pele. To score at a World Cup final, right, he's one right. one. He's got as many World Cups as Messi. Harsh, but I'm saying, I, yeah, I'm just saying, Messi. I'm not trying my, to put Messi, Messi down by that, saying like, that Mbappe is. Mbappe he's will, putting in generational performances no, is, right now is, in but, the but biggest but like, games. But like trying to, you like texted me something earlier. You were being like, ah, oh, what if he ends up being the goat? Like Mbappe can't be the goat. Like if you if you're the goat, he could. If he goes on a run Messi like was, like Messi, Messi was, went no. on. Messi, or Ronaldo. Messi, Messi was involved in a hundred goals in a season. He scored seventy three yeah, goals. I, Mbappe has that talent. I, I, it's just it's not going to happen again, man. Mbappe and Holland have Ronaldo that talent. That's why they're Ronaldo the two worth talking even, about. Couldn't even reach those numbers. So like, I don't like. I don't even see. I could see Mbappe maybe like getting close to someone like Ronaldo or, but like even even Ronaldo's numbers were crazy. 50, 60 goals in a season. Like it's it's just. These players, like, I know that, like, Holland has 19 in, in, in the league this year already. You know, if he scores something like 40, 45, that, that's in, an incredible season. We're talking about 60, 70 goals. It's just, it's it's unfathomable. Unfathomable. Yeah, but he and could, I haven't uh, seen Holland could hit get, 40 get in the close. league, and then he could hit 60 in FA Cup and Champions League. He's got enough competitions to do 60 in a, in a league season with You're saying Holland all will? competitions. Fact, Holland yeah, could. Yeah, he could. Let's see Mbappe was injured, I think, for too much of this season to reach those numbers. But Mbappe could still come back, be the best player for PSG, and you know, drag like Messi to a, a Champions a League win. Part of his game is his his speed. If his speed, or if he ever gets a really serious injury, because he gets clattered a lot. Yeah, but it's. I, I, I agree with you. That's the one thing that made me kind of Holland, doubt him. Holland's, just assuming Holland's he'll drop off as like a speed so goes. Much more elite 
in that like you see, but then, you see but then Mbappe, Mbappe's, Mbappe's close control yeah. in tight areas it's has incredible. just it's right. gone up another level in the last year or so. He almost scored a chance in the 123rd minute where he dribbled through oh, like three players from the right. left yeah. byline. If he had scored that, it would have it would have been absolute king shit. <laughs> like it was that close, but. Uh, we should probably get to our team of the tournament. We haven't prepared a lick for this. We've been watching most of the games, obviously, but we're both going to, you know, just amicably bring up each position, give our nominees, debate it if we need to, and then slot in a player. But I think most of these are going to pick themselves, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be pretty easy. Let's All right, get us started, Javier. Who do you have as your uh, your goalkeeper of the tournament? I think it's got to be Emmy Martinez. I mean, I want to say... Livakovic, because he played so, so well. Um, honorable mention to Bono as well, the Moroccan goalkeeper. Um, but Emi Martinez was, was just huge when you needed him, um, which was in the hundred, you know, in the, in the 120th minute, that save that he made against Kolo Mulani. And then in the, the penalty shootouts, he was just amazing in both of them. So the psychological warfare he did, the, you know, the mind games, it was, it was all, well within Argentina's, you know, usual bullshittery, and uh, the man's the man's a legend now, you know. And you got to think back to the start of his professional career, like at the at the highest level, which only started because Neil Maopai in the ninety fifth minute of a game, like three years ago, injured Bern Leno, and Emmy Martinez played for the last you know, four or five months for Arsenal that season ended up playing so well in those four or five months. He got a 30 million pound move to Villa started playing for the the Argentine national team. Yeah. He won the FA cup with us. Absolutely. That season. Yeah. I forgot to mention that was a hero in that, you know, played super well, was amazing. in in, in, in fuck you for making me have to bring that up. You piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, Against Chelsea. Um, But, uh, he, you know, great, great. So been great keeper for Villa so far, and and honestly was a huge part of. I'd the say he's reason, been good for Villa. He's not great a yet, huge but part he might of get the a move that to Argentina a bigger won team. The Copa America as well. You know, he was a huge yeah. part of that Copa America run in 2021. You know, broke the duck for for Messi. Basically, you know, Messi thanked him, gave him basically dedicated the win to Emmy Martinez, the Copa America win. You know, because he was so huge in that tournament, was such a big part of it you know, change the outlook of the team because for so long there's been a void in this messy team of not having a good goalkeeper. And he's just changed the 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 look of that back line, being able to keep somewhat amounts of clean sheets or not completely collapse when Argentina usually collapses. And just yeah, all the praise for Martinez in this. I, I, I will say that I think the first moment I thought to myself, oh Argentina could win the World Cup was during that Copa America, I think they had a shootout with Colombia and Yerry Mina was talking like all kinds of shit for some reason. Like the man is six foot seven. I've never seen him take a penalty before, but going into penalties, he was talking all this shit uh, to, you know, the Argentine players and Emmy Martinez. And then when Yerry Mina went up to take the penalty, Emmy Martinez just started chatting shit back to him, got in his head and saved the penalty and went on to save, I think, one or two more to seal that knockout round win against Colombia. And they go on and win the final against Brazil at the Maracanã. That's something that like Messi's done now that, and well, this Argentina t- team have done now that I don't think Maradona ever man- managed, you know, winning. I don't think Maradona ever won the Copa America, even though he won the World Cup. 
And I don't think he ever did it at like at the Maracanã against Brazil. So uh, huge achievements for Martinez these last couple of years. But, you know, just I remember seeing this on Twitter earlier today, and I just want to give more love to Lavakovic. I think he has a better shout that I may have uh, originally led on earlier in this. Because looking at their stats head to head, they both played seven matches, Lavakovic and Emmy Martinez. Lavakovic had 25 saves in the tournament. Martinez only had seven. Uh, Lavakovic had 14 shots saved from inside the box. Martinez only had three saved from inside the box. Lavakovic's save percentage was 78%, and uh, Martinez was only 46 or 47% if you round up. Uh, Emi Martinez beat him on clean sheets. He had three, and Lavakovic had two. Uh, Lavakovic had four penalty shootout saves, and Martinez had three, which uh, doesn't seem to add up to me. I thought Martinez had more than that. Um, and then uh, Martinez just see, made people Ak- miss penalties. Like people like right. put it wide. That's part of his. It, yeah, that's part of like, his mind games. He get, yeah, he gets in your head and d- the Shua many miss was yourself. awful. The Shua many miss was so bad. But yeah, I, I'm just trying to give Lavakovic uh, a little bit more praise. He definitely, if someone picks him ahead of Emmy Martinez, I can understand it. He's he's had a great tournament. But yeah, I think we'll we'll throw in. I agree with you, Emmy Martinez. He he ended up winning the official award. And, uh, you know, did a, an air hump with it in front of the Qatari. <laughs> did you see that clip of him? Like, yeah, that was fucking Getting hilarious. that golden glove and then just like putting it down where his, his dick is just. Uh, you love you love a crazy person in goal. Uh, right back. There's only one choice here as well. Do you want to say it for me? Do you want to prove me right? No, go ahead, Alex. Ashraf Hakimi. It has to be Ashraf Hakimi. Oh, yeah. yeah Who yeah. else could it possibly be? You're right. I mean, if you have another one and make, can make the argument, please, please do. But I, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Hakimi he scored an audacious Panenka to seal the win against Spain in the shootout. He's been a constant threat and a great combination with Hakim Ziyech up that, that right wing. And he's defended better in these six or seven games than I've ever seen him defend in his career. So yeah, hats off to him. He's been, he's been excellent. Um, even though he doesn't have like goals and assists, I mean, like, Denzel Dumfries is another right back choice, and he just had like one game, the game against the US, where he had, you know, a goal and two assists. But I don't think he deserves to be in this over, you know, a player like Hakimi, who got all the way to the semifinal and had excellent performances against very good teams. A very difficult schedule for Morocco. Uh, we, we've sang their praises before, and, you know, they're going to be represented in this by players like Hakimi. Yeah, for sure. Hakimi, I like it. All right, right center back. You have anyone to nominate? We'd have two, so. All right, I I mean I thought I thought Saïs was probably the best Moroccan oh, center back, no. so I think I'd I think I'd go with Saïs as the as the even though he came off in the France game. Can, can I nominate one that I, I think is going to end up keeping uh, Saïs out, and it's Jasko Guardiol, the Croatian center back. Yeah, Guardiol for sure. Guardiol, Guardiol for sure. They're both left-footed left-sided center backs like you could you could put them you could put size at right center back but he didn't play there this entire tournament i don't know how how you know strict you want to be with this but it's the equivalent of putting a left back at right back no that's like, fair that's fair all right we can go with uh but i think size would be right after if it wasn't for cordial all right who's the left foot left center back then alex well it would be Guardiol at left center back but then I'm saying that if you have Guardiola in, 
it doesn't make sense to put Saiz at right center back. If you want, you would have you would have to pick one of those two to play at left center back. And for me, it would be Gvardiol. All right, you're gonna hate me for the other one, Alex. Then, okay, Harry Maguire. No, he's been. He you was really good that. for. He was really really good for England. Was he though? He was. He was the very one game. The good one game. I think the, whole the one game. I think he was excellent in was the USA game, and that's just because the US played into his hands by lobbing Senegal. balls into the box. Senegal offered very little threat after the first twenty minutes. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I I could nominate Nassif Aguerd, the West Ham Moroccan yeah. center back. All right. Yeah. They played well enough defensively. I think to, there needs to be a Moroccan center for him back, to be so in I'll there. Agree with you. I'll go with Aguerd. Yeah, he's he's the right-sided center back, and then I mean, Josco Gavardial. I know he had the the bad end to you know the competitive games of the World Cup when he made multiple mistakes and Messi turned him inside out. But in pretty much every other game, he was the best center back on the field, and he shared the field in games against players like Thiago Silva and Marquinhos in the Brazil Croatia game. But Gradiol was the player making these pivotal blocks and last ditch tackles against those Brazilian attacks that just kept coming and coming. So I've got to give it to Gradiol as the left center back. But I mean, I do like I do like Saiz. I mean, he's he had a very good tournament, but I just think Gradiol is he's going to move to a big team now, get a big money move probably next summer. Hopefully it's to Chelsea. I would really love that. But uh, now Manchester City look like they're sniffing around. So that might be just a pipe dream. All right, left back. Who have you got? Yeah, none of them are good, Alex. So yeah, let's just go with Acuna. I'm reviewing the options and I don't really like what I see. So I I may just have to have that one as default because the other choices are like Teo Hernandez, who, you know, outside of scoring a goal in the semifinal, he... He's been predictably kind of sorry defensively throughout the tournament. Um, you know, gave away that penalty that Harry Kane ended up missing, so he got bailed out there. He's, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't feel confident enough trying to make the case for him over Acuna and maybe like Daily Blint from Holland. But again, like just one good game with the, the goal and assist against the USA. Rafa Guerrero. Scored against Switzerland, but didn't do much. I'm just coming up with names here. I'm just brainstorming, like, and, and to make my point, none, none of them have had great tournaments. You know, they've had good moments, but not great tournaments overall. And Acuna is the left back who played well for the team that won it. So, yeah, let's go Marcos Acuna. Where do we want to go next? Uh, I just kind of threw this in as sort of like a 4-3-3 with one defensive midfielder, uh, two box-to-box midfielders maybe one of those can be like a, an attacking midfielder more so if you want and then two wingers and one striker up top um so th- this is where it's like if you want to talk about the formation based off like what players had the best tournament yeah, I mean, and are I kinda, available for I kinda, selection in this i want to have one so where do you want to start alex i mean do you want to do center defensive mid first then yeah let's do that right. i think chuameni or I think Enzo Fernandez has to be in the team of the tournament, and I think he would be probably. I think he was a little bit better than Chuameni for me in that position. I think. Yeah, Chuameni. I don't. He so made too I, many I would, mistakes. For Enzo, I, I would have Enzo as one of the the like box to box midfielders. No, see, I have. I have. There's, there needs to be some other players there. So I have. I, I think you have to. 
I like Enzo as the defensive mid because, I mean, honestly, like, I know that he got, like, into the box. Like, a lot of his, like, attacking threat was just late runs into the box and shots from outside the box. And, but his defensive work was fucking unbelievable the entire tournament. And his, the work rate in the midfield, the, the amount of just, like, engine that he provided for that Argentina team. For me, Enzo Fernandez, I, like, I don't think there was any other midfielder who played better than him in the tournament. Well, I have a three in midfield in mind. Uh, how about this? We'll, we'll say who our three in midfield are, and maybe we can like you know barter because I think I have Enzo as well, just not at defensive midfield for that position. Uh, I have Sofiane Amrabat from uh, Morocco uh, and plays his club football at Fiorentina. I, I'm a fan of Azadine Unahi, the uh, Moroccan midfielder who was also very good in this tournament. But I don't think he controlled games for Morocco and was as important for them in settling that midfield and being the sort of staging ground to so consistently get Morocco out from uh, from defensive areas where there weren't very many times the teams had, like outside of the Spain game probably, the teams had Morocco pushed all the way back. They were always able to play some intricate passing, thread the ball through Amrabat in the middle of the field, spread it out wide to... Hakimi or Bufal or Ziyech on the wings and then get balls into a Nezri. And it all starts with the ability of their center backs, but also Amrabat knitting it all together, linking that defense to the attack. I don't think Morocco sniff the the semifinals if Amrabat isn't in the base of that midfield. I think they could have still done it. It's, I think they could have still did it even if Unahi went out injured. And they still had a bunch of defensive injuries, like three out of the four players on their back line were injured for that Portugal game, the quarterfinal, and they still managed to overcome it. But they had Amrabat. He was the mainstay. Yeah. He was the guy all linking right. no, it all I together. Like Amrabat, Alex. So I have What's him there? and then Enzo a little further right. forward. Because Enzo, Enzo can forward, play But as I think a... the third one is where we might disagree. Because I think okay. that... Well, are we locking those two in? Yes. Uh, Amrabat, Amrabat and... and Enzo are locked. Yeah, same um, for me. I, I had those two as well. I, I I like Cody Gakpo as like the attacking midfielder because he didn't play as a striker in this tournament. He didn't really play as a winger. He at times was doing the defensive work, um, but it was his like his. He was a striker. He was he was a striker. I mean, he scored he? goals, but he was like he was carrying the ball forward so often for the Dutch. You know, getting 30, 40 yards with his runs forward, holding up the ball. Um, I just I I thought he was fantastic. I mean, I think he has to be. He's in my team in the tournament. Like he has to be. So I would fit him here, um, just because the, you know, or maybe at striker. You know, I I think he was better than Julian Alvarez. Yeah, overall. maybe at striker or wing. He's a weird one because, I think he was in the best players of the tournament. Like he stood out for me the way he played in every single game. You know, I just he has to be in my team. So maybe if he's not at, I like I I can't accept him not being in the team. So, hmm. like, I think he was better than Alvarez. I know Alvarez had a great semifinal and a pretty good final, um, which were huge. But, you know, before that, Alvarez was not amazing. You know, he, he it took him a while to get into the tournament. I thought Gakpo was just fantastic the entire tournament. And till the end was, you know, the Dutch's best player and was the only reason the Dutch went it far. So he, he didn't score in any of the knockout round games. He did all of his work in the group stage. He uh, he had the two goals, uh, or yeah, well, one goal against Senegal, 
uh, one against Ecuador, and then had three goals, one in each game in one of the easier groups. So yeah, for him was- to not show up after that in the knockout rounds, uh, in the two games they had in the knockout rounds, yeah, I, I guess I don't, that's fair. I mean, I, I'm not leaning towards him. I I think you're going to be surprised. Um, but I, I mean, I don't have him anywhere near my team. If you could maybe talk me into it as a winger, but I think there are better options available for All wingers. Right, so who's the third midfielder, Alex? My third midfielder is Antoine Griezmann. All right. It has to be. Fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, he's, I think he's, I think well, Olivier Giroud had Griezmann, a great but tournament, a but I think Griezmann has been France's second best player behind Mbappe. Okay. All right. Yeah, I forgot about Griezmann. We'll, we'll put Griezmann. Griezmann in midfield yeah. as the uh, like most attacking midfielder? Yeah, that's fair. All right. I like it. Honorable mentions to uh, Brozovic, actually, for center defensive midfielder. I thought he had a great tournament. Uh, well, here's the thing. Modric? Yeah. I mean, Modric was good. I don't. I, I wasn't... I mean, Modric kind of ran out of steam, especially in that... Yeah. You know, the Brazil but I, I just I would feel bad if we didn't mention him yeah, as well. I'm saying. And even you Casemiro. Know? I thought Casemiro had a really good tournament. You know, yeah. in a, in a, when he was in a team full of quality, he, he he showed as well as Varane, I'll say, both of them showed that like when they have better players around them, they're still quality players. So All right. Well Thiago Silva even on a for center back, because I thought he was great too. Yeah. Maybe but that's another one Brazil where only he conceded one goal, like I guess the two goals the whole tournament, but you know, in the he Thiago Silva wasn't in the Cameroon game, so it was really just like the Croatia game, the only goal he conceded, and it was an extra time. True, or you know, and, and yeah, an extra time. So that's it. All right. Well, that third midfielder we're locking in as Antoine Griezmann. We we've mentioned on previous episodes he's you know been repurposed as a box to box midfielder, and up until the final has been one of the best players in the tournament. But I think the discussion for the front three, that now that we come to it, has to begin with uh, where are you putting Messi and Mbappe in this? What what is the what's the procedure? What what are you thinking, Javier? I mean, it's got to be Messi right wing, Mbappe left wing, and then oh, who's your striker? It's Julian Alvarez. Come on, it's got to be Alvarez, I guess. I, I I mean, you know, I love Olivier Giroud. I love him, love him to death. I was rooting for him to score the winner in that final. Put my Gakpo, Alex. He didn't do it when it mattered, man. I'm sorry. He had the chance. He had the shot at Argentina. If he had won and beaten that Argentina right. team, what about Bukayo the Saka? Honorable or final? mention. Too bad that yeah, Lionel Messi. Give him an honorable there. mention, but he'd be right. He's I, again, right behind Saka, point. or right behind Messi. Is the se- he's the second best right wing at the tournament. Was Bukayo oh, okay. Saka? Yeah. You like that, Alex? And then honorable mention to Richarlison. Shit. I mean Richarlison, who. Uh, he was really good for Brazil up top and uh, again also looked quality in a team full of quality it just you know when he plays at Spurs he do- it doesn't look the same but i thought Richarlison stood out as well that Brazil team did scored some beautiful goals but you're go- you're going with Alvarez yeah but we're going with Alvarez argentina i think yeah i think next to next to obviously messi player of the tournament like you said he had the most you know goal involvements combined goals yeah, and assists pressing was massive but Three alvarez goals. his pressing yeah. his compliment to messi was pivotal to pushing them over the edge and, and actually bringing home the trophy the first one in what Finally, 32 years doesn't fucking so. choke in the semi-final in the final yeah great job yeah. from alvarez all right, so that locks in the front three as right wing uh, Lionel Messi, left wing Kylian Mbappe, and center forward 
It's Julian Alvarez, right? I, I always feel like I'm going to mess yes, his name up. Julian but Alvarez. Julian Alvarez. Yeah, so I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, once again, that's Emmy Martinez from Argentina in goal. Ashraf Hakimi from Morocco at right back. Uh, Nassif Aguerd, also from Morocco, at right center back. Josko Gvardiol from Croatia at left center back. Uh, Marcus Acuna from Argentina at left back. The midfield is Enzo Fernandez from Argentina, Sofian Amrabat from Morocco, and Antoine Griezmann from France. And then the front three, Lionel Messi on the right wing, Kylian Mbappe on the left wing, and Julian Alvarez up top. I put in manager here, but there's only really one answer. That's the man that uh, came into the Morocco job back in August. He's barely been manager for 100 days, and he got them all the way to the semifinal, the first African side to do yeah, so. That's uh, Walid Walid Regwagui. That's good. That's a, it's not one that ro- rolls off the tongue for me personally. I, I'll get used to it. Walid Regwagui. Regwagui. It's the R. It's the G R A G U I combination there, right at the end. That you know, just it's odd. Walid uh, Letters for me. <laughs> Are you doing your John Strong impression from Fox? Fox's coverage. Walid Regwagui. Yeah, but he he's <laughs> done an excellent job. He had to handle, like I mentioned earlier, a bunch of injuries to his back line and still managed to keep them competitive in, in really tough games. They had a really tough group, that Canada-Croatia-Belgium group. Charlesons? Oh, no. You think so? You think that's goal of the tournament? The scissor kick? Give me a minute to think here. Chouameni's blast against England was pretty nice, too. Mbappe's curled, like ridiculous finish that he had to the top corner from uh from like a pretty acute angle on the side from the left wing that was also a ridiculous goal this is really going to annoy me i feel like i'm missing uh, it's just not coming to me i feel like there's one goal that i uh, that i th- remember at the time thinking you're really good at goals that's goal Alex, of the I'm tournament. Surprised. no i know i know that's why i'm frustrated uh, do you know what it might be it might be argentina's second goal in the final, the team goal, the counterattack, how swift that counterattack nah, was nah, with the finish. On, that, that all came. I from know. Like I a... know. You're talking about like an athletic, like acrobatic finish, and that's that's fine. It's flashier, but like the goal of the tournament is like the 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 most impressive goal that was scored. And just football's a team game. I'm always going to gravitate towards like a team move. Oh, do you know what it might be? Kylian Mbappe's equalizer, the second goal for France. The first time early finish in the moment that he did it. No? No love for Mbappe's second goal? No, the I liked Mbappe's goal uh, in the semifinal, the one where he dribbled by like five people. Well, it wasn't... He didn't goal. score. It, it was, he didn't it was, score it was, it was like an assist, though. His assist. That it goal was, a was incredible. It was back post tap-in by Kolomuani. No, I know, but that was an incredible, like... That run was insane. He he had two filthy finishes against Poland in the round of sixteen. The one that yeah, he that's just the like one, lasered I think that's the one near I'm post. Thinking of, the one, yeah, yeah. But for me, still Richarlison's probably most memorable. I'll always remember that Richarlison goal. Okay, I'm gonna stick with Argentina. Their second goal in the final to make it two 0 All right. Well, that's about that's about uh, time to wrap that up. It's been a fun month of uh, international football, right smack in the middle of the holiday season, uh, starting at Thanksgiving and ending a week before Christmas. But Javier, club football's back, baby. It's back tomorrow. Gabriel Jesus is out for four months. Carabao Cup surgery. 
Yeah. Rip well, Arsenal. We'll, rip, rip title hopes. Rest in peace. I, I don't know when we're going to record uh, next because uh, the next round of Premier League games is going to be played out on uh, Boxing Day in England, the day after Christmas. Uh, presumably, we would react to that, but Chelsea, maybe after the Chelsea game the next day, we'll react to uh, the return of club football. I don't know how we're going to get like excited for club football to be back. We just had a World Cup final. like The stakes could not get any higher, and now we're going back to... Chelsea versus Bournemouth. You oh, know, like I, I can just, get excited for it. Maybe you can't. You're going to watch paint dry. I can't. I really can't. I'm going to... I've run out of tears, Javier. No more tears left to cry. <laughs> Please, Chelsea, sign players. Sign players in January comes. But uh, yeah, keep an eye Cuckoo's, out for that. Uh, confirmed. You excited about that? Uh, yeah, we, we don't have time to talk about this. We don't have time to talk about this. We, uh, we got to wrap it up. 45 minutes is enough on the World Cup final. Just letting everyone know the, the Premier League is back next week. We're going to be reacting to that. So keep an eye out for that. You can uh, get like a notification of when we'll be recording that and reacting to all those uh, those club football games in England when they return. Uh, if you follow the Ghost Goal podcast uh, Twitter and or Instagram accounts at Ghost Goal Pod for both. You can follow Javier on Twitter at JavierRev9. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ASMOS92. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and leave a rating or a review. Those help new listeners to find the pod, and we'd really appreciate it if you helped us uh, grow this thing. Happy Christmas to everyone. If you celebrate, happy Hanukkah to uh, all of the uh, Jewish followers, whatever holiday you're celebrating this time of year. Hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the football next weekend, the return of the Premier League. And until next time, see you.